You're listening to an irreverent podcast. Visit Irreverent FM for more content from our friends. Hello, everybody, and welcome. My name is Janice Legata, and this is God Has Not Given, an evangelical podcast featuring me and my failing faith in conversations with my friends and family. And this week, I am talking with, is she my favorite person? I mean, she should be. Lord knows I spend all of my time with her. And I can definitely say that over these past couple of years of hardcore deconstructing, I have grown to like her more and more. So, yeah, on my best days, she is my favorite person, and she is me. I am talking with myself this week. Hey girl, hey. It's good to see you. How are you? You know me. I'm chill. I do know you. I've basically known you my whole life. Day one? Yep, yep. Me and you uh, grew up together, went to the same schools, Mm -hmm. went to the same church, um, loved it. Mm. We're really... What is that? Did we, though? Yes, we did. I don't know, man. Yes, you loved it. Uh, I think that was you. No. This is my podcast. And? You might still go to that church for all I know. I got you out, so... Well... Come on. I don't know about that, but I'm not trying to argue with you, so... I'm not trying whatever. to argue with you. I, I don't argue, so, you know, you can think whatever you want, but I know what it is, and I know that you know, All right, so. you will have your opportunity to tell your version of the story in a few minutes, but first, we gotta... We got to get on with the show and do the things we got to do. So uh, first up, we're going to play a little game. The game is this or that. I'm going to give you the choice between two things, some randomly assigned pairs of things, and you just just tell me which one you would choose. All right. So let's see. Um, Mario Kart or Mario Party? Mario Kart. Tattoo or piercing? Um, at this point, I would say tattoo, I think. Dog or cat? Cat. Uh, friends or enemies? Friends. John Gray or Sam Collier? I'm not answering that. You're just not going to answer? No. Move on. All right, we'll, we'll come back to it. No, we won't. The Gathering Harlem or Hillsong Harlem? This, these are not random. These aren't random. They're random. That means something to you? Next, move on. Joel Osteen or Joel Houston? Stop. These are not random. These are not random. Janice from Friends or you? Me. Oh, but you'll answer that one. Okay. And lastly, Hillsong or Hell? Is this a joke? Hell, obviously. All right. So that's that. And in that last completely randomly assigned pair of things, you chose Hell over Hillsong, which is funny because you and I spend a lot of years choosing Hillsong over everything else. So... Now seems like the perfect time to ask you, Janice, give me three things that to you make something or someplace a church. I love this question. I've listened to a lot of your episodes, not all, because the sound of your voice is not my favorite, but your guests always have such great answers to this, and they usually go with what a good church would look like, hypothetically, but I'm going to go with what most churches do look like, for real, and why I don't want to go. Number one, a church is someplace where Jesus is the mascot, but the Apostle Paul is the manager. He's the one setting the rules that people actually follow. Uh, Number two, it's a place that places very specific demands on people for their money, but then is very vague 
about where it goes. And number three, it's a place where the people doing the most actual work are getting paid the least amount of everything from tension to money. So that is church. Oof, that is good. As in very accurate, so very bad. So it is very good for me to know that, yeah, I have not been to church in a while and never plan to go again. So that's great. But again, it wasn't always like that. You and I went to a lot of the same, all of the same churches up until a few years ago. So, I mean, I know how I got here, but give me a little bit of your faith story. How, how did we get here? Well, that is a very good question with a lot of answers. I think what, I, what a lot of people know is the Hillsong chapter, chapters of my story, being there, leaving there. But my Christianity story and also, you know, my deconstruction story started started way before that. I was born into this and I don't, haven't, I haven't talked a lot about my upbringing yeah, I was always in church from for as long as I could remember. Yeah, I grew up in a very Pentecostal, charismatic, speaking in tongues, falling over services that lasted for hours and hours. That was very, very normal to me. But outside of church, uh, my home life also was a big factor in that, as everyone's home life is, I guess. But for me... My mom was very Christian. She was the one in church. And my stepfather, stepfather I grew up with, was not. And, you know, he wasn't just, just didn't go to church. Like, he was, he was anti. One of the reasons I got so into Christianity from the time I was young, all through my teenage years, was because it was, was a form of rebellion and that I did not want to be anything like my stepfather. So he was very anti, very anti-Christ. So I became very for it. One of my friends that I make fun of, one of my black friends, for being a registered Republican. I don't, she is, was, I don't think she is right now, but she was. And that was because, you know, she went to Bible college in the South. And hey, it happens. It happens to the best of us. I don't know that I've ever told them, but I... When I first registered to vote, I registered as a Republican uh, because, again, I was trying to be anti my anti-Christ stepfather. We are all an amalgamation of, of so many things. And as a kid, you, you know, you, you try to make sense of the world the best you can. And sometimes as an adult, you don't realize how much of your thinking how much of what you, how many of your foundations, right, were just really, really childish in the sense that, oh, these were, this was a child making sense of the world, but this isn't, this isn't actually how it works. And so for me, you know, I, I look back on it now and I have a lot of empathy for my stepfather. I, at the time, I think I thought he was not a great person because he wasn't Christian. So it was easy for me to, you know, believe that very black and white thinking, right? That, that non-Christians are bad people. Um, now I know that he, I think that he was just, just traumatized and probably, you know, definitely had 
there are just other things going on. And so like all these things, all these quirks, all these <laughs> issues that he had that, you know, gave us our own issues, all of that was things that I as a child, you know, attributed to him being a non-Christian. Later he did go on to get saved, but Christian doesn't, doesn't, becoming a Christian doesn't fix what's wrong with you. And so you will just take those quirks and then, you know, make them Christian. So had the roles been reversed, right? Like had he been a Christian and he still would have had those same issues and had my mom been a regular person, you know, been a non-believer, but still been, been nice, been the nicer parent, then, you know, my life very easily could have been flipped. And I guess I wish it would have, because I don't, you know, I don't speak to him. I haven't, haven't in years. And I don't, I don't miss him. I don't grieve that. But, you know, the past few years, couple of years with my mom have also been rough. And I do, I do grieve that. But at the same time, you know, my mom, my mom always said she prayed for kids to have some kind of, some kind of musical talent. She wanted that. And art, music, that that side of things, that side of me played a big part in kind of helping helping me out in the long run. So careful what you wish for, I guess. But I think it's hard for Christian parents to see to see to see their children clearly, right? But if they could, if they could, I think a lot of them would like us better than the version that they they keep trying to hang on to. As hard as some of them prayed for us to, to be Christians, a lot of us are hoping for them to, to come out of it, at least at least just far enough to, to just get a glimpse of, of their kids, of us as, as we are, and to see that we're actually we're actually okay. And I don't, I don't think that actually answers your question, but hey, I am on a million other podcasts, so you know, find one of those. No, that that was great. That was cool. This is this is not Christianity, so there are no no wrong answers here. Um, but speaking of a million other podcasts, you you have a podcast. I do, I do. I have a, a few at this point. How many is a few? Three. I have three. Uh, what are they, and why? Well, I have this podcast. God is not given. Whoa! Guess one time and thinks it's her podcast. And uh, then my okay. second podcast is Bad Words. Also, my podcast. Right now, we are going through John Bevere's book, The Bait of Satan. Yeah, I one know. chapter at a time. It is the Bad Book Club, and basically just tearing the book apart. Um, I thought it would be a harder kind of demolition, but the book is it's bad. It's, it's awful. It's just blatantly bad. Like it's annoyingly. Yeah bad frustratingly bad yeah. it makes me angry me too how yeah. bad this book is and how much damage it has been allowed to do right there are 14 chapters yep. so 14 that is many. that's a weekly thing yeah every week so since the first two podcasts you name are actually mine i'm gonna take a wild guess that the third one is mine as well the third is podcast a is patreon a patreon exclusive, exclusive. Yep. Yep. I, a few years ago, I wrote a book of poetry called The Divide, and that podcast is just me reading poems from the book, and then, you know, kind of giving the backstory, talking about what they're about. So that, that is for my $10 patrons, my keepers, and yeah. So why, why so many podcasts? Well, it sounds like I could ask you the same question, so... 
You tell me. I don't know, man. It just it just kind of happened, you know? I know. I know you know. So, how's, how's it going? Pretty good, you know? Uh, it's been a year now, a little over a year, actually. First episode was October 29th of 2020, and it's good. What's good? The podcast. No, no, like, what? what is good for a podcast? What, give me... What's the stats? Give me some numbers. Oh, man, come on. You know I do not like talking about numbers. I don't know. You know. You know. Everybody knows right, what their right, numbers right, are. Okay. So here's the thing. I I am the worst with keeping track of numbers and stats. In large part, on purpose, because the way my self-esteem is set up, it doesn't really help me to know how things are doing. Because even if it's great, I'm always going to assume it's great for me which is mediocre for for someone else anyone else everyone else so even though it it seems good to me it probably could have been better should have been better and would have been better if I was as good as anyone else Um, or as good as I should be if I hadn't you know wasted so much time in life in general and and yesterday probably so uh, numbers they cut both ways for me and I generally steer clear but you must have some idea All right, so if you want numbers, general numbers, I basically started at zero with everything back back in October 2020, and now my God Has Not Given Instagram account has just over 5,300 followers, and the podcast, well, we started out at Anchor, now we're here, um, on Megaphone. On August 12th, I got a notification that we had hit a milestone with 10,000 downloads, and a few weeks later I joined Irreverent and switched over to Megaphone, and since then, I don't know, there have been nine episodes, so I'm going to assume at least nine more downloads, and I'm going to hope for one download for this episode, so let's call it at least 10,010 downloads in a year, which I think is fantastic and maybe the most amazing number that really helps make the other numbers possible at this point is that I started a patreon a few months ago and I have 28 patrons 28 amazing people who are making it possible for me to do these podcasts and almost break even as far as you know the monthly fees for the recording platform I use the podcast distributor my website my booking calendar my mailing list and just the ongoing cost of software and hardware and recording equipment Everything, every every little thing adds up, and so every little bit helps, and so I am so, so thankful. Yes, yes. Shout out to our patrons. Y'all are true, true MVPs. And speaking of patrons and Patreon, let's talk some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. How do you practically, technically do what you do? Let's pretend this is the red carpet, and I am an infotainment reporter Who are you wearing? Ooh, a few people. Let's see, I come to you in the name of Squadcast. I use Squadcast to record for my podcast distributor. I started out at Anchor, was on Buzzsprout for a minute, and then joined Irreverent Media Group, and we use Megaphone, so I'm on Megaphone for my website. Right now, it's split in two. My blog is a WordPress site through Bluehost, and then my general site is through Bandzoogle. And then there's Patreon, and then there's all the general sites, the Instagram, and YouTube, and SoundCloud. But I'm actually trying to move away from those. Okay, put a pin in that. But first, let me ask you about Irreverent. Yes. We're part of an evangelical podcast collective. We are. So how did that happen? How did you crash that party, and 
How's it going? Okay, I didn't crash the party. I was invited, in large part thanks to them boys, them dirty rotten boys, Josh and Adrian over at DRCK. Irreverent is pretty new. It's not even a year old yet. It was started by Blake Chastain, and one of the goals is to center other voices, other other perspectives. So much of evangelicalism, most of evangelicalism to an overwhelming degree, was brought to us through the lens and voices of straight white men. And so Irreverent is trying to break that up. So I was out here doing my thing as a black woman and they liked it so and how's it going good it's going good it's always scary and intimidating to go from the biggest slash only fish in your little pond to swimming with some legitimate greats but it's an honor to be part of it and kind of freeing in the sense that I cannot compete with most of the numbers the other podcasts are putting up so all I can reasonably realistically do is compete with myself and compete is the wrong word there's no competition but you know what I mean so sounds like all is well in exvangelicalism. No notes. Everything's great. <laughs> I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Who are you fighting with? Me? Nobody. I don't fight. I don't fight people. Is that a joke? No. Read read this for me. Writer, fighter, <laughs> igniter, matron, saint of cats. That's that's your little bio. Mm-hmm. And fighter is the second word. Yeah, I forgot about that. So who are you fighting? No one. No one person. I don't I don't fight people. I fight like systems and, and and ideas and ways of being. And so currently Okay. Currently in the exvangelical world a way of being that I am at odds with is trauma supremacy. What is that? Well, as we're all coming into this space and we're all doing our best to find new ways of existing and relating to each other, sometimes people act like they have forgotten where we came from and they act like they're coming into this space with no baggage or or with better baggage than other people. Uh, A big thing lately has been this idea of trauma responses and who's more healed than who. And I just think it's super shitty and super supremacist that a lot of the people who have been the least affected by some of these things have been given the most room to speak and the most credit as being the most healed. Well, maybe they are and you're just jealous. Or maybe they are and I'm just unimpressed. Bad shit happened to all of us in evangelicalism, right? It was like a bad neighborhood that we all grew up in. But if you got stabbed once and I got stabbed three, four, five times and we both survived, who has more to say about healing? Look, I'm not trying to take anyone's experience away from them, but I am tired of trauma and the responses to it being weaponized against people who have been through traumatizing things. No, I know. I know what you mean. I know yeah, you do. Because at the, at the, we all know the scale, right? The hierarchy. At the top of evangelicalism is the cis straight white male. Yep. And... The farthest some people in the deconstruction community have gone as far as who they're listening to and giving money to and going to bat for on socials is just switching out one to two of those labels and and that's it. 
that's it. That's it. And and that's and that's to be expected to a certain extent, right? Especially as we're first coming out of evangelicalism. I get it. The first ex-evangelical podcast I ever listened to and that I, you know, very highly recommend was almost heretical. That's a good one. So my first religious detox pastors were Nate and Tim, mm-hmm. right? Two straight white men. And it was very grounding, very helpful to hear new ideas and those familiar kinds of voices. But people are stopping there and... I mean, that's cool, right? But I don't know. I just feel like everyone should should be aware and be aware of where they are and what perspectives are still missing. So how how can people gauge that for themselves? Well, nobody can do anything about where they were yesterday. So I would say for everyone today, right, to kind of kind of drop a pen with your location. Look look at where you are today, right? And as we said, a lot of people just switch out one maybe two of the labels, right? So if if all of your new faves, people whose books you will buy, the people who you listen to faithfully as your examples of how radically different the, de- the deconstruction space is from evangelicalism are now, you know, cis white women as opposed to cis white men, take note of that. That's That's something, right? That's progress. But if in a year from now, you're still taking their word as the word as to how things are, how things are going, and how people should be responding to things. Progress is progress, but but I am all for reading the room and, and realizing that the room you're in might not be that different from the room you left in evangelicalism. That, that's a word. Some of y'all need to sit at some different tables. No. No, no more tables, no more, no more adding seats and changing positions and building new ones. Like there was a time for all that. But for me, no, no more. Flip them bitches over and, and join some different circles. Go into some other rooms, sit in some other circles where other voices are being heard and elevated and are valued, even when they have things to say that are uncomfortable for some of your white faves. So you want people to come sit in circles with you? I mean, yeah, sure, if they they can find me. Although... Although what? I'm not really going to be around as much for the next little while. Uh-oh, you tired of fighting? <laughs> no, uh, never that. I'm just tired of Instagram. Tired of Instagram? You can't be tired of Instagram. You need Instagram. Do I? I mean... Look, I just finished, you know, talking about people kind of recreating evangelicalism in in new spaces and for me I feel like I've started to do that a little bit with Instagram right because a lot of us came out of these high demand religions with a lot of high demand relationships we grew up in and were groomed with the spirit of of have to what we have to do to be where we need to be right these are all the things that I have to do to be good with God to be good with my parents to be good with this pastor to have a good chance of getting this position to be good and to be in church because that's what I need that's where I have to be and you know Instagram has kind of become the same right it's about how many times I have to post what kind of post they have to be how I have to seem who I have to get along with and how I have to keep up to be here because I need this and I don't like it. What part of bread and butter is it that you do not like? Bread and who? What? I know it works for some people, but that is not my testimony. You know, I have been providing free content for a platform that 
does not care about me, a platform where I have no say-so over anything. If anything goes wrong, I'm on my own. And if they decided to erase my account tomorrow, uh, they could. So, you know, I'm doing all this work. And the trade-off, right, is, is visibility. Meanwhile, they keep moving the goalposts. The algorithm is a mess. And so, the past few weeks, it's been frustrating, but also a really good reminder that Instagram is not for me, right? In the sense that Instagram, again, does not care about me. And I really need to be finding other ways to to stay visible if that's what I want. And is that what you want? It is, but not, not like this. I'm a writer. My ultimate goal, hope, dream is to tell these stories through stories on stage and on TV. And so I need to be writing. So what are you saying? What, what does this mean? Michaela Cole, who I look up to so much, she is an amazing writer, an amazing artist. Uh, one of her most recent works, I May Destroy You, on HBO Max, is an amazing show. Uh, she won an Emmy for it, and in part of her speech, she challenged writers not to be afraid to disappear for a while. So I'm going to listen to Michaela Cole and disappear for a little bit from this podcast and from Instagram. Isn't that a bit of a risk? I mean, Instagram would definitely like me to think so, and maybe it is, but I don't know. I put a question in my stories the other day asking if anyone wanted to ask me anything for this episode, and I only got one response, which I kind of expected, because, again, the Instagram algorithm (laughs) is a mess, right? And so, basically, pretty much Saturday through Tuesday, and sometimes Wednesday now, like, I don't really get any engagement. So I put that question up on a Sunday. So I knew that no one, you know, was really going to see it. And I did get quite a few responses of people just saying, hey, thanks for the podcast and commenting on how cute uh, that foster kitten is, to which I say, thank you for listening. And I know, right? But the question I got was, you know, what have I learned about myself that has surprised me the most in this year of podcasting? And the thing that has surprised me the most is how much I haven't changed. A few years ago, when I met my dad, which is a whole other story, he told me about a time that he was at work. He went to lunch, and during his lunch, he went to a phone booth across the street and called his boss and said he wasn't coming back. Not just for the day, but ever. He didn't want to do that job anymore, and he he just quit. And in hearing that story, like, I felt so seen. I do not like being anywhere just because I have to. If it's not sparking joy, if I don't want to do it anymore, if it's not giving me something that makes it worth doing for me, then I have no problem walking away. And so that is something that I realized and was surprised about in the best way is that I am have always been okay with going from 100 to 0 and I'm still okay with it. So, so everything is going well. Mm-hmm. It's been a good year. A great year. You like doing the podcast. I love it. But now you're just going to walk away from it all. No, I'm actually not walking away at all. I'm just kind of walking to the side. I just need some time and space away from the Instagram platform. But I will still be on the internet. And I hope you come and find me. Listen, JaniceLagata.com. 
go right now. Put your email in the little box and join my mailing list. You will get a free download of Happier Than Worship, the ex-evangelical version of Billie Eilish's Happier Than Ever that you might remember from the end of my sketch project, Heart for This House. And then once, maybe twice a month, I will send out a newsletter reminding you of all the other places that I exist and what I'm working on. And what are you working on? At the moment, honestly, not enough. The joke is that everybody has a podcast, right? But what the six of you who haven't started one yet don't know is how much work it is. And and 90% of that work and 98% of what takes people out is the editing. Uh, the same as that TV show, that movie, that music that you love. A minute of anything good took at least five minutes of work behind the scenes at least and most likely significantly more than that I just listened back to the first episode of this podcast and remembered that I recorded that in real time and didn't really edit it much at all and it is painfully slow to me now if present day me were to go back and re-edit that 20 minute episode I would probably have it coming in at a tight 15 to 16 because I've only gotten more ridiculous and and I need a break I need to break from that. So this podcast is going on hiatus until February so that I can just kind of clear clear my head and clear some space to get some traction on some other things that I want, want to work on. Like what? Like the musical I'm working on with a friend of mine about deconstruction and its effect on relationships. Like the EP I want to finish. Like the big musical idea I've been kicking around for over 10 years now that I think maybe I'm finally ready to finish. Like the TV pilot scripts I want to tighten up for the application processes that open up in the spring. Like all the things I'll be keeping you up to date on with the newsletter when you sign up on my website. JaniceLagata.com. Go now. And God is not given on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, there is better than nowhere, but don't be surprised when you don't see me around as much on on there. So that's that's how you show your appreciation for people, people following you and listening to you. You just you just peace out. I mean, not really, but kinda. And you know what? That's okay. Ben at Hey There Benji always says, you're not crazy, everything else is. And it's true. Like, we've all been taught to survive in these man-made systems of capitalism, of evangelicalism, you know, and taught that we have to adjust ourselves to them, that they are the way things are. But they're not. They're crazy. They are man-made, and most of us are not the men they were made for, so we keep trying to make them work by making ourselves work for them, but that's for the birds. It's so easy to get stuck into keeping up momentum just for the sake of the momentum. But everything I've done, I started doing because I wanted to express ideas in ways that I like. And a year ago, there was no template for me. I was just trying things. And there's no template now. So I want to keep trying things. And I just have to trust that the people who are the same kind of weird as me will continue to appreciate you know, me continuing to explore and evolve in that weirdness. But what if they don't? What if you're not on Instagram as much and and the podcast is on a break and they just forget all about you? I mean, I'm not disappearing completely. My other podcasts, Bad Words, will still be up and running every Monday, working through the bait of Satan. And beyond that, hey... That's always the fear, right? Um, that's how most of us lived for way too long, like continuing to do and say things that, that never worked or had stopped working a while ago for fear of what might happen if we change course. But hey, God has not given us the spirit of fear, right? So look at you working that in. Hey, I do what I can. 
Well, as we finish up, can you tell us something you believe or believe in? I believe that art is a time machine. I think it is absolutely amazing, absolutely magical that I could write something today that uses pieces of my past that could affect someone in the future. We have all read books or poetry or listened to music from before our time that somehow speaks directly to us in our time, in our situation. And as an artist, I just feel really lucky to be part of that kind of magic. So for all the artists out there, do your thing, just do it, and trust that time knows the place for it. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, I thought you might. Well, thank you for being here. Hey, anytime, every time, all the time, thank you for having me. We have come such a long way. We really have. And honestly, I'm just happy to be here. And that is that. And I really am very happy to be here and very thankful for each and every one of you who has taken the time to listen to this podcast. If I had set a goal back at the beginning, I know it would have been embarrassingly small and rightfully so. I had no reason to expect that anyone would listen. And so everything about this past year in podcasting has been a delightful surprise. Anyway, I am Janice Legata. This has been another episode of God Has Not Given. Thank you for joining me. If this has meant anything to you, sparked anything for you, or was just a general good time, please let the people know. Rate and review this podcast on Apple. And while you're over there or wherever you listen to this podcast, go on and find and subscribe to Bad Words. Coming at you every Monday, currently working through The Bait of Satan by John Bevere. If you have ever heard of and or been hurt by the theology of being unoffendable, I think it will do you good to listen and learn how many ways that theology is not just blatantly bad, but actually stupid. So come on over and join the Bad Book Club. And again, JaniceLegata.com. Come find me and get your free download of Happier Than Worship. Uh, hit the show notes for all the links and here at the end of this year as we say goodbye to 2021 as COVID continues to find new ways to say hello to us as I said at the end of the very first episode stay safe mask up be well and I will talk to you soon I am an E I am an E-X. I am an E-X-P-A-N-G-E-L-I-C-E